Hello everybody, how's everybody doing? What's going on? What's up? Today's subject, it's about the Squid Game. I don't know if you guys have watched it on Netflix. I started watching the show out of curiosity, like many people did. And I ended up being glued to my TV for 10 straight hours. I mean, the pace, the suspense, the superb acting. And please watch the show in its original South Korean version with subtitles because the English version is quite awful. So, as I was saying, the superb acting, the colors, and the tension overwhelmed my tiny brain. And as I was watching the show, time became an abstract concept, as if it wasn't already, and the night turned into dusk. And at some point, I looked outside my window, and I saw dawn had come along. Sunlight followed as the ending revealed itself, and I couldn't help but gasp at the ending. Frankly, the show... It's quite original, it's bloody, it's unforgiving, and quite different from all the feel-good movies or TV series we are used to from you know American cinema and TV series. American audiences are used to getting a happy ending where the hero wins and the villain is vanquished, but not this time. The ending, which I won't give away for those who haven't watched the show, was profoundly nuanced and somewhat shocking than, you know, Somewhat more shocking than most endings in the TV series universe. And like any great show, it made me think. I felt uncomfortable after watching the show. It wasn't because of the blood or the violence. I have seen way more violent shows and movies. I felt extremely uneasy because of the premise of the show, which seems like a, a real-life situation, so to speak. I mean, people burdened by substantial debt, compete in a series of games, and they get eliminated, literally eliminated by getting killed when they lose, and the winner goes home with a significant amount of money in their pockets. All the competitors believe their lives will change uh, for the better once they get rid of all their debt, which makes total sense. Nevertheless, the debt usually accumulates because of the way we live our lives and how you know, the banking slash financial system was set up by money-hungry lenders who get richer, the deeper others go into debt. It might be a simple way of looking at the show, but the central problem is the debt and its dark consequences. Moreover, debt doesn't fall from the sky. It comes from the way society has been set up and is continually shaped by the people at the top who get richer with every passing year, while the rest of the population gets poorer, more desperate, more isolated, more stressed, more hopeless. The numbers support this theory because according to the uh, Credit Suisse Global Wealth Report, the, word, the world's um, richest 1%, those with more than 1 million, own, and listen to this, they own 43.4% of the world's wealth. So 1% of the, you know, the 1% owns almost half of the world's wealth. And, and the ultra high net worth individuals, the wealth management industry's term for people worth more than $30 million, they hold an astoundingly disproportionate share of global wealth. These wealth owners hold 6.2% of total global wealth, yet they represent only a tiny fraction. And what is that tiny fraction? 0.002% percent of the world population enough said and i assume here 
I'm quite certain I'm right. Every person listening to this has some sort of debt, regardless of how substantial it might be. We all have debts. Even the richest people have some debt lying around in their portfolio. And so it's easy to assume the average citizen has debt, whether it's credit card debt, student loans, car loans, personal loans, mortgages, etc. Debt is literally everywhere. And the main problem with debt, aside from the amount, it's the interest. You pay interest daily, monthly, or annually on every debt you might have right now. The interest is the fuel that keeps the engine running forever. The interest is this inextinguishable fire that burns continuously. The interest is what kills you over time. Now, I'd like to speak numbers right now, talk numbers. So, let me give you an example. If you have a credit card debt of $12,000, on which there is a standard 21.99% annual interest rate, it means you pay $2,639 in interest annually, which amounts to $220 per month interest. Mind you, the minimum monthly payment required is 3% of the balance, which in this case, it's $360. That's every month. So, even if you pay the minimum payment of $360, since out of that $360, the interest is $220, that means you're paying only $140. You know what I mean? $140. So, if you keep making the minimum payments, you will pay off this credit card debt in 52 months. I repeat, 52, 52, which is four years and four months. I mean, <laughs> should I say more here? I didn't make this stuff up. It's math. It's simple. I'm not going to get you know into the interest or the amount of interest you pay on a mortgage. Even if the interest is lower, the amount owed is 10 to 20 times more than the credit card. You know what I mean? Once again, in the show, debt made people's lives miserable. And since the lending system is, for lack of a better word, predatory, people will do pretty much anything to get out of debt since the debt is crushing them, literally. I mean, how can you live? How can you, you know, be happy if uh, debt is choking you? And to be fair, we cannot blame entirely the system. As painful as it is, people must also look at themselves and identify what put them into debt. We must own our own shortcomings, our mistakes, our behaviors. Moreover, in the show, the chosen contestants aren't all do-gooders and or angels. And they're not. Some of them are degenerate gamblers, thieves, criminals, loan sharks, and so on. You know, yet they participated in the game, all the same, willingly, I might add. So debt, its consequences, desperation are powerful agents that can push any human being to the brink of insanity or to participate in a game they believe to be harmless. And again, this series is an amazing dive into society rules, society's woes, and the current state of capitalism. The show also criticizes how this current financial system has marginalized so many people and how extreme capitalism has shredded social safety nets. Through the show, we can see human evolution at its best and at its worst, simultaneously. Killed or be killed, people helping each other, you know, but the survival of the fittest and all that. We can see how our humanity, this empathy and natural reflex 
of caring about others, that's imprinted in our DNA, has been eroded. When we get obsessively attached to things, we forget people and we forget our own selves. In the show, you can see a father who forgets and neglects, neglects his daughter and his mother because he's away gambling and losing. You can see a son who's forgetting to help financially his struggling mother because he's embezzling money from his employer so he could be rich. You can see a sister who is forced into the game to help her little brother and her family. You know. Besides, as the series goes on, we found out that this horrifying show was set up by rich people. Imagine rich people watching poor people compete to the death because they are simply bored. They are just bored. Well, if that isn't the pinnacle of dehumanizing others, I wonder what is. Is it even a coincidence to see the guards wear masks so they can stay anonymous, so they can become simple, blunt instruments with motives that seem you know, emotionless? How about seeing the players uh, being assigned numbers instead of their names? What is more dehumanizing than taking your name away and assign you a number? That's stripping you of your identity, of who you are, so you can be a number, a thing, something that can be easily discarded, ignored, erased, deleted. You know, Think of your employee number at your work, uh, your social security number. It's dehumanizing a bit, not to the scale of the show, but it is a little bit dehumanizing. Art is subjective for sure there are so many themes in this show such as survival desperation poverty betrayal family ethical questions about the value of human life capitalism wealth and so much more i saw one predominant angle while watching the series i'm sure other people saw perspectives i might have missed or i might have willfully ignored whatever angle you see you cannot ignore the main reason that brought people to such a desperate state how the social and financial system have been designed and how unfair they are to the majority. There is this rapacious attitude from the institution and corporations, this predatory attitude, this always wanting more mentality that's always attached to things and far less in people. That made me think, you know, in the end, how much do you need? How much should anyone have? How much can you accumulate to fill... It's enough. Hmm? Spoken like a poor person, a millionaire might say, and a billionaire would surely say. You know what I mean? Perhaps my mentality is directly linked to the size of my bank account. Who knows? And after that, to, to end this, you know, in conclusion, as they say, I had this terrifying thought after watching the show, right? So what if this game is already played somewhere in the world? What if this was based on the show's creator's personal experiences? What if the near future becomes identical to what we saw in the show? You know, what if? What if? The inequalities aren't going anywhere anytime soon, and they're getting wider with time, so we might have more desperate people in the future. So what if this squid game becomes something standard in the near future? There are no guarantees it will not happen because no one knows what the future holds. Imagine the squid game becomes something mundane soon. (sighs) I don't know about you, but to me, that's simply and utterly terrifying. 
Again, all this, just one man's opinion. Now smile and go on with your day.